listeners, this is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is PSG Small Talk for Saturday, August 4th, 2018. On today's show, I am joined by Jean Olangi and Eduardo Razzo. We review the Trophée de Champion that PSG won 4-0 against AS Monaco. We will review some of the player performances, spin that forward to the regular season as we prepare for another fantastic season of Paris Saint-Germain football. Make sure to follow us, PSG Talk, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just say PSG Talk and you'll find us. Subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already, PSG Talking, PSG Small Talk, and any specials we have are all on the same feed. Also, make sure to visit our website for articles at psgtalk.com. There you will find our Patreon page. If you give us $1 a month, we will start to give you some content. We are planning right now to eventually, we say this a lot, but I think we can pull this one off, to introduce some premium content for the most devoted of our PSG Talk fan base. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Look pretty good for PSG today. Um, 4 0. What did you guys think? I'll start with John. Uh, it was it was uh, good to see kind of the first team guys get back into the rotation. And, um, you know, from that aspect, it was a more competitive match. Uh, you know, definitely not from, from Monaco's aspect, obviously, but just to see our guys kind of play a more complete match and uh i was really impressed with some of the young guys who got an opportunity to play with some of the the first team players like stanley and Soki and uh the guy who played right back i forget his name uh colin uh, dagba dagba yes he was uh you know he was pretty impressive and and then when neymar comes on in like the 70th minute or whatever you know, some of those guys, that's probably going to be their only chance to play with Neymar this year. So uh, I thought it was cool from that perspective. But, um, you know, another year, another Trophée de Champion where we thrash Monaco. Yeah, and this this was a weaker Monaco team than the team, obviously, that we played in this same game last year. Um, a lot of young players, they're trying out a back three. I don't think uh, their, their center backs are built to play a back three. Uh, it didn't really work. I, I I was impressed. Again, it's hard to take a lot from. It's not an exhibition game, but it's not. It's not like a big league unmatch. It's not a Champions League game. It's not a cup match. It's the. It's like a. It's the. It's in the middle between an exhibition and a game that counts. You get a trophy for it, but you you still have to you have to temper what you see from it. But I like the approach. I like the way. The PSG's midfield played together. They wanted to go forward. Verratti and Rabia weren't hogging the ball. They were looking to interchange a bit with each other, which you sometimes didn't see a lot of last year. You saw a lot of sort of going it on their own. Uh, they got the fullbacks involved, and you got two young fullbacks, Dagba and, uh, and Soki, who's really more of a center back than a fullback, but he can kind of play both, and you just, they, they got space. And because our midfield was so strong today and because they were so in control of the game, what happens is your defenders on the other team and your midfielders have to suck in to take away the midfield. They pass to the wings. The way the wing players have more space and therefore they get better chances. Eddie, 
What did you think yeah. of the midfield play and how it sort of translated to how our younger fullbacks played? Because I thought they benefited greatly yeah. from Rabio and Verratti. Yeah, I, I think they. I, I really liked uh, Stanley and Soki. He's the he's the one that you know, out of, uh, along with Timothy Whale, that really impressed me. And it's 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 interesting to see now how it's all unfolding. I mean, I think this is like the first real taste of playing a back three where you know we have a little bit more of the starters in, and we're able to see a lot of that passing. You know, the, the ball was you know that's what I like more a lot about Tuchel's system. The ball, there's not a lot of dribbling. It's just quick, precise passing and. And I'm hoping that is something we, you know, gets um, improved on, and and as long as, um, as well as I'm seeing how other the other uh, uh, fullbacks, um, whether it be Kazawa or Mounier, you know, adapt to this uh, style of play. I think they'll be good in it. I, I I think they I think Mounier is perfectly suited to play this because he is a big straight line, drive the ball down the wing kind of player and. He puts in very good crosses as well. He's a, he's a become a very good player at PSG, and right now yeah. this system, I think he'll be excellent in it. And I think we're at the point, and we may talk about this a little later, but the decision's going to have to be made about Danny Alves, and they're going to have to figure out how to best use him. But let's stay with this for now. Um, Diara played well. I I really I I can't say anything bad about how our midfield played, and yeah. it's sort of been the question of. It's been the question of if you can uh, if you can win major competitions with a midfield like this, and I think they showed a good first kind of impression. And obviously, PSG are looking for a another player to sort of play that defensive mid position, which they kind of switched off a bit today. Diara kind of played it. Verratti would play it occasionally. But for the most part, it was everybody going forward. This wasn't really a game where PSG had to play defense. Do you guys think that this will be exposed a little bit when you're playing against a team that can counter a little bit better than Monaco? Because at times it looked like they were just playing with Thiago Silva in the back and everyone, you know, kind of coming forward. Yeah, I think it's going to be early in the season. Like, if this is the line, if if this is the... uh the uh, the setup that we're gonna that Tuchel's gonna go with, I think early in the season we might have some growing pains, and depending on who we play, you know, I haven't really seen the schedule, but depending on who we play, if that team you know wants to sit back and counter us, we will be a little bit more exposed. But uh, I think it's just gonna it's just gonna take some time for for uh, everyone to adapt, and I honestly think it's important for us to wait until President Kupembe gets back from vacation to see how Tuchel decides to add him into this rotation because I see him playing him, uh, Kipembe, Marquinhos, and Thiago Silva in that back line, and Kipembe can be kind of the guy in the central of the three who plays a little bit more forward in, uh, in that aspect. But I think, you know, with, with any back three that you play, we've seen it from uh, uh, when Belgium plays, Antonio Conte, Chelsea, you know, you're always going to be, uh, you know, exposed to counters, but, you know, you have to be very disciplined to play this system, and I think with Kipembe, Marquinhos, and Silva, those are three disciplined players. So it's you know there's a there's a good chance it can work, but again, I think they will go through some some growing pains. Yeah, a little bit, and I I just I looked at it today like there was nobody playing any real defense. There was real real need to play defense. Just the, the way Monaco was positioned, the way they played, 
And I think the tests will come, obviously, farther down the line. But it's going to be interesting. And I did not, I did not sort of think that the... They didn't look like a team that was depleted. You know, it looked like in that situation, and that's, a you know, Monaco, what they have right now is pretty much a typical league gun team. So if you look at any league gun team, pretty much 4 through 12, that's about what they're going to be. So the way that Nsoki and Dagba played, I think they could get minutes in league gun games. And this is sort of the major difference, and we'll, we'll talk about the goals a little bit, and we'll talk about, um, we'll get to that, but I really kind of want to focus in on the just the different feel and vibe. Because again, you can't really say that this what that this game really tells you a lot about how PSG are going to look in February and March, when it matters. But it does kind of give you an inclination of how they're going to look under Tomas Tuchel, and how the sort of vibe of the team is. I... I came away impressed. Eddie, how did you come away from watching Tomas Tuchel's first real game in charge? Yeah, I came away impressed. Um, I, again, that, the whole passing element of it, I just I just love that system. I, I'm a huge proponent of keep the ball moving. Don't, you know, don't take excessive dribbles if you don't need to. And, and just the way his system is starting to look, I mean, it's still... Like John said, there's still warts to be worked out with uh, players coming back from vacation. But so far, the way I saw it today, I'm just really excited to see how guys like, uh, like he said, Munier and Kazawa uh, are able to, uh, you know, fit into this system. I also have a hunch that this is not going to be a great defensive team in the classical sense of a good defensive team because. When you go with the sort of a three at the back that sort of can morph into a four, that can morph into a two, when you're when you play the style that Tuchel does and the style that Jurgen Klopp does and the style that Pep Guardiola does, a lot of the defending and a lot of the defensive strategy is sort of based off of the individual talent that you have and that individual talent being able to win one on one. And you're not going to see a sort of a system defensively like you would see under an Antonio Conte or a Jose Mourinho. It's not going to be like that because Tuchel's best defense is offense. And they're going to want to keep the ball. They're going to want to pass quickly. They're going to want to try to work it to the wings off of two, three touches, get it off the wing, cross it back into the middle, drive off the wings down the, uh, down the end line. It's going to be a very offensive team, and more so than probably Unai Emery's teams were. Unai Emery's teams had the ball mainly because PSG were just had more talent, and thus you kind of tend to have the ball when you have more talent. But you never thought that they were very convincing in possession. They were a more effective offensive team when they countered, because the space was there, the longer passes. PSG were never really great in the Emory years at breaking down a defense and, you know, working intricate passing. I think that'll improve under Tuchel, but again, that's going to be a trade-off. And, Eddie, the trade-off is going to be that they're probably going to give up more goals, and there's going to be games that are 3-4, 4-3, just by the very nature of how they play. Yeah. But do you think that 
how do you think that adjustment's going to go? Because I think this is what the PSG players would rather be doing. I think they kind of rebelled a little bit under what Emery wanted. But just talk about sort of how Tuchel is getting these guys, two things, how he's getting them to play this system, and just sort of his personality, because I want to kind of get into that a little bit. Yeah, I think they're starting to buy into the system. Um, I've seen a lot of, I, I guess, it's, it's a more a lot of commodity, a lot of chemistry starting to be built here. Um, they're starting to believe that, you know, everything that he's preaching, um, I know last year, Emery just wanted to implement his his style. The players decided otherwise. Yeah, that was two um, years so, ago too. Yeah. That was two years ago. <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I, I think Tuco is, is starting. You know, as the more stars, you know, the team believe in his system, I think they're going to to realize. You know, they're gonna. You know, they're realizing that this guy's the legit. You know, there's no, he's not you know, going to bend or break, you know, his system is his system. And I think we've seen it all, you know, through social media, his, his, uh, his, uh, you know, his, uh, well, for his what, style. Yeah. 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 No, his style as well as, um, you know, his personality, there you go, his personality, um, you know, rub off on the team and the teams, it's, it's a lot more camaraderie now. I see there's no, from so far, there's no kind of leakage of, of any kind of issues. I mean, it's still early in the season, but so far I've just liked every the, the whole preseason, um, the style of play I've, I've, and as well as the, the personality of Tuco that he's starting to rub off on some of the some of the uh, regulars that are there and some of the young players as well. Is um, it's starting to it's really interesting to see. It, it takes, I think, a year and a half or two years to fully judge a coach and how he's doing at the club. So obviously, what we're talking about is very early on, and it's and I gave Emery a, basically a full year and a half, and you know we found out what he was in that context. I think Tuchel again, he deserves that year and a half. He'll deserve that time to f- sort of figure out what he wants. But I think the the thing that I'm noticing right away is that he's. He's very much himself, and I, I I know that doesn't really make sense, maybe, but he's he's not buttoned up. Like, Unai Emery, you always felt like he was keeping things close to the vest. You felt He felt like a, a guy who was nervous about his job. The way he managed, the way he talked to the media, the way he coached, the way he looked, everything was just sort of there to leave an impression like he was on a job interview or like he's, you know, that guy who's been at work for, you know, five months and still, you know, still walks on eggshells a little bit because they don't quite know everybody. Tuchel's not like that at all. Tuchel's the kind of person, Tuchel is incredibly self-confident. I think that's the kind of thing I was thinking about. Emery never felt self-confident. Tuchel feels confident in, in his own, in his own approach, in himself. I mean, the guy... You know, the guy's up there, you know, doing karaoke after the game. He's sitting on the cooler. He's, you know, he's barking out orders. There's one play in the first half where he's like, where, if I remember it right, they were, they had the ball in midfield and Dagba's on the right wing and the, and it just opens up and you see from the camera, you can see it and Tuchel's calling out the run before Dagba makes it. And once Dagba makes it, he's just like, bravo, bravo. You can hear him. 
you know, the cam the mics yeah. are picking him up. And I think what's really cool about this guy is that he is a bit quirky, he is a bit weird. Yeah. And he's and he's not he, he's he seems like the guy that's been at the job for 15 years and, you know, he cares about his job. He knows how to do it. He feels confident in what he's doing. And he's personable enough where he's, you know, not maybe trying to be friends with the players, but I think he's trying to be friendly. I think he's yeah. trying to build relationships. And those are difficult things to do. And if you're not a genuine person, players kind of pick up on that right away and they'll sort of, you know, shut you down a little bit. This guy is, this guy's different. Like, this is not Laurent Blanc and this is not Unai Emery, John. Yeah, definitely, definitely a new a, a new feeling and energy within this team, and uh, it, it's 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 a little refreshing actually. And I think you hit it you hit it on the head where you say he's really that that self confidence and how self possessed he is, and he you know he the, the job is not too big for him like Emery, and obviously he's coached a big European club in Dortmund, but. You know, this is another level to that, and he's very comfortable within himself. So it's uh, it's it's refreshing to see, but again, it's 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 all about what happens on the pitch. And as you pointed out earlier, you kind of asked what is the first sign of them of the players buying in. For me, was when Marquinhos came in. That was the first sign of all right, these guys are buying in. I seen Marquinhos play further up the pitch than I've ever seen him in a PSG shirt, and. You can tell he it, it felt weird seeing him, but he was very comfortable up there making passes to Rabio and 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 the, these other guys, these other midfielders. And to me, that was that was a sign of of him buying in, where he's used to playing center back and just being a defensive player. Now he's a little bit more up the pitch. If we're going to play that system, and that, that's a good sign. And then when he took out Thiago Silva, Marquinhos went back to his normal role where he's most most comfortable in. But it's good to see that when when he's asked to play a little bit further up and play a different position, he's up for the task for the greater good of the team. So from that aspect, I think, like you said, it's going to take a while. It takes a long time for, for us to really know how much influence uh, he has on the team. But what we're seeing so early – and the season now is a good indication of of at least a stable coach, a confident coach, and um, and and someone who 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 knows who understands what who understands building relationships in the team and and and, and what they can what that can do and how that resonates onto the pitch as well. Yeah. So it's really fun. It's really fun to see him interact with the players. Like I watched all the videos when all the Brazilian players are coming back. And just how he's embracing them, like he's already known them for years, and that you know that that for for Neymar and Thiago Silva to see that that brings a level of comfort to know that you know your coach got your back and he's just not up there being diplomatic and doing things by the book or he's not he's not a robot and he's really just showing himself um, to be very personable and I think that's important and hopefully it can translate onto the pitch so. You know, we'll see again. It's early, but uh, as 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 an early indicator, I like what I'm seeing from Thomas Tuchel. There, there's also something to be said for his uh, proclivity to experiment, especially in these types of games. I think we'll see in the regular season if he continues to sort of do some of these outside the box moves. 
But again, and this is sort of the basic thing of coaching, the basic tenet of being a coach. And I, and I've, you know, I coached for five, six, I coached high school football for five, six years. I've coached lacrosse, baseball, the, the, the basic tenet of coaching is trust. And do the players trust you enough? The people you are coaching, the people you are training and you're working with, do they trust you enough that when you tell them to do something that's out of their comfort zone, they'll trust you enough to do it and try it? That's really it. That's like, if you can do that as a coach, you're pretty much 80% of the way there. And it seems like right now, Tuchel is able to ask his players, even his younger players who maybe aren't sure about certain things, to try an experiment with their with their game, and they're willing to do it. And they're not complaining, and they're not putting on the boo-boo face. They're doing it. And you looked at Emery last year, you feel like Emery wouldn't even bother to ask players to do things because he was afraid of the answer. And that's sort of the difference, which is there's that friend that you know if you call that person that they will pick you, you know, if you need to get picked up from the airport, you can call that person and they'll pick you up from the airport unless they have some real kind of conflict. But they will pick you up from the airport. They won't ask any questions. They won't hem and haw about it. They won't complain. They'll do it. Then there's the person that you know that you wouldn't even bother to ask that question because you already know the answer to it. That's sort of what Tuchel has to avoid, and that's what any coach has to avoid. You have to be able to get your players to do things that they may necessarily not be comfortable with. Um, Let's talk about the goal scorers today. Um, Angel Di Maria with a free kick in the 33rd minute. Um, This was a lot of the good and bad of Angel Di Maria. Um, At this point in his career, he's not as good on the ball as he used to be, or as he was in Real Madrid. You You can dispossess him very easily. He stays on the ball. He's not particularly strong. And sometimes he just gets caught in no man's land with the with the ball at his feet and he gets dispossessed. Then there's the times where he makes really strong runs off the ball. And if you have a midfielder or an, a, a fellow forward that can find him, he'll he'll put the ball in the back of the net. Then there's times he'll kick it into the stands. And then there's times where he gets a free kick about 18 yards out and he buries it. So th- this was a lot of the good and bad of Angel Di Maria, and I'm just curious, Eddie, what you think his role is going to be? Because I think he's staying at this point. Yeah, it looks like he's going to stay. So uh, what is his role? Is he willing to be the uh, reserve, pl- not reserve player, but the but a substitute? Because that's what he's going to be. Yeah, that's that's what he's going to be. Um, I think he's about probably going to be the super sub um, when you know the offense when. The offense needs a jolt, you know, they're just going to insert him in because there's, other than that, there's no other role. And we're already in August, and I've not seen any team show significant interest in him. So that's that's what he's going to be. Um, if he if he does stay, it's just going to be a, a super sub role. But is he not valuable a little bit in that role? Because I feel like he is. And especially if one of those guys gets hurt like they did last year. You had Cavani get hurt a bit last year. Mm-hmm. Neymar, obviously. Angel Di Maria was good enough in that role to keep PSG afloat. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, plus, um, you know, Neymar's coming off an injury, so, you know, it might uh, just, you know, give him a couple of days off or give him a match rest. It, it allows them for, for a lot of flexibility with their with their, with their their squad. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to win Champions League, you got to have depth. I mean, we've seen Real Madrid's depth, so it doesn't hurt to have a guy like Angel de Maria. Uh, coming off the bench and, and starting a few matches to give a couple guys some rest. Yeah, and if he's willing to play that role, I would um, I would absolutely be okay with that. Uh, John, Christopher Nkunku scored in the 41st minute. Uh, he's had a very good preseason. Um, there was some talk in June, July that he might be loaned out. With, with uh, Obviously, there's not going to be a whole bunch of starting time for him in big games, but... We even bring this back to April and May when he got, you know, when Unai Emery finally started him and finally played him. The kid's been good almost every time. Like, I can't, I mean, there's been a couple of iffy Christopher Nkunku games, but for the most part, the guy plays well and he scores. Yeah, it's 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 what we wanted, it's, it's what we thought he was. But again, like you just mentioned, Emery never really gave him the chance until like at the end of the season when it was pretty much over. But uh, he's he's special, and I think it's um, it, you know you you can try to justify a reason for him to to be loaned out and get more playing time, but those loans are risky, right? Like you never know the team that he goes to. He might like it. They might want him enough where they. They tried to negotiate a deal to keep him, and, you know, different things can happen. Yeah, you just described the Gonzalo Guedes situation perfectly. Exactly. I was just about to point to that. That's that's the perfect kind of uh, example of what could potentially happen, you know, when you loan out uh, a, a talented kid. But with Nkunku, it's, it's his versatility where he can play anywhere on the pitch pretty much. But, you know, I've seen some people say they want him to play left back or right back. I think he's too good of a goal scorer to to have him anywhere other than the midfield and up. So from that aspect, I think uh, I think he's he's going to be he's going to stay and he's going to be one of those, you know, not not a super sub, but he's going to be one of those guys that Tuchel relies on to play in cut match, to start in cut matches, and if, if one of the midfielders or wingers need some rest, he can come on. The thing I'm, I was most impressed about him this this season, well, this preseason, it looks like he got a little bit stronger, and that was kind of my my hesitation with him and his maturation as a player and him, and him evolving was he has all the abilities, he's very intelligent. But he's he's really he's kind of small in stature, but he looked like he put on some weight and you know working out. And now today in today's match, I was really impressed by how he was able to to hold off players and make runs and and be physical. And I think that's the aspect that he's seems like he's going to add to his game, which is just going to make him more special. So um, I, I like Nkunku. I don't, I don't want, I don't want him loaned out. But you know, again, we'll see. You know, we're still kind of in the middle of the transfer window. We don't know if the PSG is going to add any more midfielders or whatever. But um, I think he's one of those players that you want to keep around just for the camaraderie and and for him to be around other special talents because he's a special talent himself. 
and he's just going to continue growing in that way. And, you know, there's going to be matches where he's going to find some game time, and it's completely up to him if he wants to be patient, like a Presnel Kipembe was, like how Giovanni Lachelso was, to just be patient and his time is going to come. But he's he's automatic in front of goal, and he, he makes great run, gets in great positions, and uh, he's been one of the more impressive players in this preseason, actually. Yeah, he's he, – I, I – and by rule, I am not a fan of loaning out a players of a certain caliber at a certain age. So, like, Christopher Nkunku is, what, 21, 22 years old right now? He's at the age where if you loan him out at 21, 22, the next step is selling him. In the sense that if you can't find roster space for him, you have to get value for him on his, you know... You have to get value for him in the market. So by sort of the definition of, you know, how football economics works, if you're not going to invest in the player enough to keep him on your roster and give him minutes, the next stop is obviously a loan. But how many times can you kick the can down the road before you go, we're not getting value for this player? And right now... I think Unkunku's at that point where if you loan him out this year, what value are you getting for him? He goes to some, like, he let's say theoretically he went to Nantes, somewhere like that, or he went to Sampdora or some, you know, or some club in the EPL. Does he get better playing with worse players? Does that player, 21, get better playing with lesser talent than what PSG have? And then you've you've spent a year, he's about at the same place he was, and you still have the same issue with your roster. So, Eddie, do you do you loan out in Kanku? I, I just, I, I know you only have a certain amount of spaces, but I think he's versatile enough to play him in different spots. I think he's playing under a coach that's going to give him minutes, that obviously sees something in him. He's playing in these preseason games. And um, I think we'll get better playing with PSG than he will with some other club. I mean, that's my opinion. Eddie, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I got to agree with you there. Unkunku um, is very versatile, so that's but what, that's what uh, benefits him. He can play anywhere, either in the midfield or up front. Um, and Tuco's the type of manager that, you know, gives gives young players opportunities, you know, and he's giving him his opportunity right now in the preseason to, um, you know, show him what he's what he's got. And so far, he's he's coming up big for him, and I just don't see him loaning him out. I, I it would be risky to lose him, you know. Like you said, uh, what what can he gain playing with a mid a mid table Premier League team or a or a mid-table French league team um, playing with lesser talent um, and just not, you know, having that, you know, sense of competition, learning from some of the best players um, with PSG. So, you know, I would I would uh, be keen on, on keeping in Kunku. Yeah. And just my general rule is if you're over the age of 21 and you're getting loaned out and you're not a, like a goalkeeper, because goalkeeper is a different position because if you have a starter, 
he's playing most of the minutes, and then there's that second guy who'll play the cup matches. There's certain exceptions, but if you're over, if you're an infield player or an outfield, if you're an outfield player and you're getting loaned out and you're over 21, the club doesn't see much in you. That's just that to me. That's kind of the rule of thumb for me. Uh, let's talk about another youth player, Tim Weah. Uh, he scored in the 67th minutes. He made the score 3-0. Um, he's had a very good preseason, too. I actually thought his best um, his best game was actually, if you remember the, uh, the game against Atletico Madrid, the second half, I thought when he was out there playing with the, with the youth players that he's been around for the last year, I thought he was really good. Like... His movement was great. He was always in the right spot. He knew how to read his teammates. He's been good with the first team, obviously. He's had his moments, but he's a guy where I don't loan him out for, for various reasons, but he's he's an interesting case because he is still 19 years old. So, uh, Eddie, your thoughts on Tim Weah and how he looked in this game? Because I, I thought he looked very good in this game as well. Yeah. I think he's starting to get, you know, find his groove. The last, like he said, the game against Atletico Madrid, he played really well. Now he played, you know, he's put together two games in a row where he's looked really, really well. And I'm just really excited for him. He's, I think, Nkunku and, and Tenwaya are, they're young, but they're going to provide a lot of depth for PSG going forward this season. A lot of it is young depth. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting how these guys, you know, take up the challenge when they're in, in cup games and I'm pretty sure they're going to get League One games because, you know, you know, going back to Champions League, you know, there needs to be a lot of depth for a, a, a club to go far and I think they're going to rely on a lot of these young kids to, to help them provide that depth. Eddie, your, uh, John, your thoughts on, on Wea? Yeah, to be honest, I'm, this is the, today's match was the first preseason match I fully watched so I didn't really watch uh, the Atletico or Arsenal match but, not many you know, people did so don't worry about it it's, not, it's okay we're not, we're not holding right, you to so that we're good there but um, you know just from the highlights of, of, of that Atletico match he looked like he was gaining confidence and I think that's what's important at this stage of his career but um, you know in today's match and uh, one of the, 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 the commentators brought it up where it was a it was a play where Di Maria was on the wing and going into the box, and he shot the ball, you know, to the left of the goalpost, and he had Wea right in the middle of the box there, and Wea kind of pointed to the to the spot like, yo, I was right there, ready for the ball. And the commentator brought up like, you know, this 19 year old kid is, you know, kind of pointing out, you know, embarking at uh, at an older, you know, veteran seasoned player like Di Maria, and you know, I love to see that from a young player who's. You know what? What that shows me is he's very self-confident and he knows his skill and and he wants those opportunities and and, and I think that's good to see from him. And uh, so you know, just going back to the point of you know loaning these young players, he's another guy that you just don't want to loan for for many reasons, right? Because again, he's a, he's a he's a he hasn't proved it on a pitch, but he has superstar abilities. In terms from a, like a global branding standpoint, right? Like with who he is and who his dad is, and, and he's a, a a U.S. international. All that stuff plays a major role in you know when you, if you're considering even loaning him out. But I think you know with whatever's going to happen with Gonzalo Guedes, it's important that we kind of 
hold on with Wea and keep him on the first team because if Geddes is not here, yeah. Wea is going to be the you know the second striker to come off the bench uh, behind Cavani. So, and then just playing with Cavani, right? Like he he'll be able to learn from a great striker who plays amazingly off the ball and he's a clinical uh, finisher as well but his runs off the ball and I saw some of that today and him kind of tracking back and getting back and defending and and you know putting in the work where he's just not standing up there and, and waiting for the ball and I love that aspect of him but um, he has he has a, a lot of a lot of potential and uh, you know We'll see what Tuchel is going to do. I honestly think Tuchel is going to integrate more youth players than Laurent Blanc or uh, Unai Emery did. So that bodes well for, you know, Stanley Soki, Dagba, you know, Bernard, uh, Wea and Kunku, all these young guys. So, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunity for them with this with this system. Yeah, and it's what I think a lot of PSG fans have wanted. Um Obviously, for years, they sort of, I wouldn't say neglected their youth system, but they sort of just didn't, um, again, they were in the, they were in a different mode in 11, 12, 13, and 14. They just, they didn't, they needed to get stars, they needed to build the, the club up that way, and the youth system suffered a little bit in the sense that they weren't able to bring the top youth players up and give them minutes, but it's kind of a different day now, and I think that with the amount of games PSG play... I think Tuchel will be able to rotate guys in and out. I think he'll have some, uh, you know, one week they'll play in the youth game. The next week they'll be on the first team. I think he'll be able to figure that out. I think he's good enough to do that. Uh, Fourth goal was scored by Angel Di Maria in the 91st. PSG win their eighth Trophy de Champion, I believe, something like that. Um, And they add another trophy to the case. It's a trophy that... If we don't win it, it's a bad thing. But if we win it, we just kind of accept it as what it is. So, good good news. Um, first game is Sunday. Um, PSG play Caen at the Parc des Princes. The World Cup will be presented at the game, before the game. Um, at that point, you don't assume that Mbappe, um, Kimpembe, or Ariola will be ready to go. They might be. They'll probably be there, but they won't be... Um, they won't play. So, another week with a slightly depleted roster, but it's Khan, uh, who can give you a game. They've given PSG games in the past, but I think they should be able to control it. Um, before we before we go, John, what is the thing you're looking forward to most of this season? What, what storyline do you kind of look at and go, keep an eye on this? Um, I think, um, and, and not to to beat a dead horse I think it's Neymar right like um, for me that's this is what I'm looking for in this season his ascension as the guy right like last year it was a lot of hype you know it was a lot of the hype machine and even today in the match when Neymar was warming up, they went crazy in China, and they uh, any any time he just simply just touched the ball, they went crazy. Right, it's like a showcase more more so than a game. But I want to see him kind of assert himself as the guy, and you know we all know he's the man. He's he's the the, the leader of this team, you know, on the pitch in that sense. But I want to see him kind of assert himself into the squad and see more leadership skills. Like, uh, you know, more directly and verbally and, and, and doing things of that nature. And that might be something that's outside of his, I guess, his way of as a, as a person and his personality. 
But I think he has, you know, with everything that everyone criticizes Neymar about, the scary part is he has another level or two to get to. And and if we if we hear if we listen to the interviews that he, he gives every now and then when, you know, he kind of puts away those rumors about him leaving, he talks about that he came to Paris for a reason, right? Like, I came here to, to, to win the Champions League and to do these great things at this club. And, you know, now it's time to put, you know, to, to, to follow suit with that action on the pitch. So, and I, I think he's... He has to show something else to the fans that he's truly bought in, and it's not just word of mouth. So, um, and, and I, I personally think he 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 believes in that, but there is a lot of skepticism and people who are kind of on the fence about those things. And I feel like it's not it's not one of those things where he's he's told you everything, taken for his word. I feel like there is more he can do to kind of show that to the to the supporters and whoever. So um, I think that's that's what I'll be looking for um, in this season and, and kind of keeping an eye on is how Neymar kind of takes that next step in his career to solidify himself at PSG. Um, I, li- I like that storyline. Eddie, what is your um, storyline to watch for this season? The one thing that you look at and go, people should take note of this. Yeah, the young kids, um, they're going to be deaf. They're going to be. They're going to provide the club or the squad with a lot of depth because, like you said, PSG is going to play a lot of matches this year. Well, we hope they're going to play a lot of matches, whether it be Champions League, domestic cups, League One. Um, they're going to need some of these young guys to to step up, and we we touched on you know already Wea and Kunku, Adley, uh, and there's going to be others that are going to be huge in giving the the squad some depth. You know, as as the season goes along, so I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how these how these kids, uh, you know, step up to the plate and, and and deliver. I would say, and I like that one too. I would say the thing that I'm really interested in is there's going to be a, and I talked about this in one of my columns a couple months ago. There's going to be a moment where this club has to sort of turnover in the sense that you have the youth all ready to go but you still have certain players that are there you have Edison Cavani you have Thiago Silva you have to a certain degree to a certain degree you have um Danny Alves and when the time comes in September October, November, when we start seeing these Champions League games, who starts? When Danny Alves gets healthy, what happens? Because he's still got a year on his contract. A lot of people in that locker room like him. You know, what happens in, you know, what happens in Champions League games? Where does Thiago Silva fit in in February and March? I think the story of this um, season is going to be this... I would say healthy uh, give and take between old guard and new guard. This squad's going to have to be very carefully rotated. And there's going to have to be a, a level of trust that's built between Tuchel and the players to allow Tuchel to even pull this off. And if he can get to a point where players are just willing to go with it, be rotated a little more than they're used to, especially guys like Cavani and Silva, 
this will work. But if we're, you know, if we're in March and April and Edinson Cavani's played all but four of the games, you're going to know sort of what happened. And you're going to kind of have your verdict on Thomas Tuchel. Because if Tuchel's going to do what he wants, which is more rotation than Emery ever did, they're going to need to have him be trusted by those players. So that would be my storyline. So thank you guys for um, coming on to PSG Small Talk. Um, Eddie, John, give out your um, give out your information. See, uh, tell us what you're working on. John, go first. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm, um, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, God for short G O D F R S H O R T, and um, you know, got with the season coming back up, you know, we'll be working on some more content. For you all, got some uh, exciting things coming up. Just, you know, all the storylines everyone is talking about. So, you know, it's just a matter of what, you know, what I decide to kind of write on or whatever. But just be on the lookout. It's coming, and, you know, we're ready to get the ball rolling this season. Eddie, go next. Yeah. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Eddie1999Razo. I have two articles that, you know, came out last weekend. Uh, one of them talking about, you know, Marco Verratti's seven seasons, if you can believe it or not. He's already seven years um, in Paris. Uh, time flies. And the other one is um, more on the PSG becoming a brand and moving away from the quote-unquote oil money um, as we're, like, all waiting to see if these Jordan rumors come to fruition. I touch on that, so those are two articles that, you know, that are out there and, and you know, just give it a read. All right, so for John Olangi and Eduardo Razo, this has been PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon saying au revoir for now.